0: This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome, this is the One Year Bible Reading for July 18th. And we are going to start today in the Old Testament in 1 Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 12. And I think this is our last accounting of people and their roles uh, as we work through the Chronicles. I may be wrong, but I have been wrong before. But today we're going to talk about some other jobs uh, in and around the temple and also uh, the divisions of soldiers. These divisions of the gatekeepers were named for their family leaders. And like the other Levites, they served at the house of the Lord. They were assigned by families for guard duty at the various gates without regard to age or training for it was all decided by means of sacred lots the responsibility for the east gate went to michel and his group the north gate was assigned to his son zachariah a man of unusual wisdom the south gate went to obed edom and his sons were put in charge of the storehouses shupem and hosa were assigned to the west gate and the gateway leading up to the temple. Guard duties were divided evenly. Six Levites were assigned each day to the east gate, four to the north gate, four to the south gate, and two to each of the storehouses. Six were assigned each day to the west gate, four to the gateway leading up to the temple, and two to the courtyard. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers from the clans of Korah and Merari. Other Levites, led by Ahijah, were in charge of the treasuries of the house of God and the storerooms. From the family of Libni, the clan of Gershon, Jehiel was the leader. The sons of Jehiel were Zetham and his brother Joel were in charge of the treasuries of the house of the Lord. These are the leaders that descended from Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. From the clan of Amram. Shubuel was a descendant of Gershom, son of Moses. He was the chief officer of the treasuries. His relatives, through Eliezer, were Rehabiah, Jeshiah, Joram, Zichri, and Shalomoth. Shalomoth and his relatives were in charge of the treasuries that held all the things dedicated to the Lord by King David, the family leaders, and the generals and captains and other officers of the army. These men had dedicated some of the plunder they had gained in battle to maintain the house of the Lord. Shalometh and his relatives also cared for the items dedicated to the Lord by Samuel the seer, Saul, son of Kish, Abner, son of Ner, and Joab, son of Zariah. All the other dedicated items were in their care, too. From the clan of Izhar came Cananiah. He and his sons were appointed to serve as public administrators and judges throughout Israel. From the clan of Hebron came Hashabiah. He he and his relatives, 1,700 capable men, were put in charge of the Israelite lands west of the Jordan River. They were responsible for all matters related to the things of the Lord and the service of the king in that area. Also from the clan of Hebron came Jeriah, who was the leader of the Hebronites, according to genealogical records. In the fortieth year of David's reign, a search was made in the records, and capable men from the clan of Hebron were found at Jazer in the town of Gilead. And that sort of tells us why these genealogical records are so important. They were twenty-seven hundred capable men from among, among the relatives of Jeriah. King David sent them to the east side of the Jordan River and put them in charge of the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They were responsible for all matters related to the things of God and the service of the king. This is the list of the Israelite generals and captains and their officers who served the king by supervising the army divisions that were on duty each month of the year. Each division served one month and had 24,000 troops. Jashebin, son of Zabdiel, was commander of the first division, which was on duty during the first month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. He was a descendant of Perez and was in charge of all the army officers for the first month. Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah, was commander of the 2nd Division, which was on duty during the second month. There were 24,000 troops in his division, and Mikloth was his chief officer. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada the priest, was the commander of the 3rd Division, which was on duty during the third month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. This was the uh, the Benaiah who had commanded David's elite military group, known as the 30. His son, Amizadbad, was his chief officer. Ashael, the brother of Joab, was the commander of the fourth division, which was on duty during the fourth month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Ashael was succeeded by his son, Zebediah. Shammah, the, uh, the Israelite, Uh, Was commander of the which was on duty during the fifth month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, was commander of the sixth division, which was on duty during the sixth month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Heles, a descendant of Ephraim from Pelon, was commander of the seventh division, which was on duty during the seventh month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Sebekai, a descendant of Zerah from Husha, was commander of the 8th Division, which was on duty during the 8th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Abizar from Anathoth, was the, in the territory of Benjamin, was the commander of the 9th Division, which was on duty during the 9th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Merari, a descendant of Zerah from Natofa, was commander of the 10th Division, which was on duty during the 10th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Beneah from Pirathon in Ephraim, was commander of the 11th division, which was on duty during the 11th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Heled, a descendant of Othniel from Natopha, was commander of the 12th division, which was on duty during the 12th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. The following were the leaders of Israel and their, uh, the tribes of Israel and their leaders. The tribe of Reuben, Eleazar, son of Zikri, Simeon, Sephatiah, son of Micah. Sorry, I'm having connectivity issues, and I have a tiny, tiny table to read you. So, uh, Levi, Hashabiah, son of Kemuel, Aaron, the priest, Zadok, Judah, Elihu, a brother of David, Issachar, Omri, son of Michael, Zebulun, Ishmaiah, son of Obadiah, Naphtali, Jeremoth, son of Azrael, Ephraim, Hosea, son of Azziah, Manasseh West, Joel, son of Padiah, Manasseh East, Ido, son of Zechariah, Benjamin, Jaseel, son of Abner, and Dan, Azrael son of Jehoram. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. When David took his census, he did not count those who were younger than 20 years of age because the Lord had promised to make the Israelites as numerous as the stars in heaven. Joab began the census, but never finished it because the anger of God broke out against Israel. The final total was never recorded in King David's official records. Azmaeth, son of Adiel, was in charge of the palace treasuries. Jonathan, son of Uzziah, was in charge of the regional treasuries throughout the towns, villages, and fortresses of Israel. Ezrai, son of Kelib, was in charge of the field workers who farmed the king's lands. Shimei, son of Ramah, was in charge of the king's vineyards. Zabdi, from Shephem, was responsible for the grapes and the supplies of wine. Baal-Hanan, from Geter, was in charge of the king's olive groves and sycamore fig trees in the foothills of Judah. Joash was responsible for the supplies of olive oil. Shytri from Sharon was in charge of the cattle on the Sharon Plain. Saphat, son of Adlai, was responsible for the cattle in the valleys. Obiel, the Ishmaelite, was in charge of the camels. Jediah from Moroneth was in charge of the donkeys. Jaziz the Hagrite was in charge of the king's sheep. All these officials were overseers of King David's property. Jonathan, David's uncle, was a wise counselor to the king, a man of great insight, and a scribe. Jehiel, the Hakmonite, was responsible to teach the king's sons. Athophel was the royal advisor. Hushai, the archite, was the king's friend. Ahithophel was succeeded by Jehoiada, son of Benaiah, and by Abiathar. Joab was commander of the Israelite army. Turning now to Romans chapter 4 verse 13. And when we were last in Romans, we were hearing about Abraham and how he was the father not only of those who were circumcised because he was actually credited with faith before he was circumcised. He was declared righteous, um, but also those who are uncircumcised. So he is the father of both the Jews and the Gentiles. So that's where we're starting today. It is clear then, that God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on obedience to God's law, but on the new relationship with God that comes by faith. So if you claim that God's promise is for those who obey God's law and think that they are, quote, good enough in God's sight, then you are saying that faith is useless. And in that case, the promise is also meaningless. But the law brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So that is why faith is the key. God's promise is given to us as a free gift, and we are certain to receive it whether or not we follow Jewish customs, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life, and who brings into existence what didn't exist before. When God promised Abraham that he would become the father of many nations, Abraham believed him. God had also said, Your descendants will be as numerous as stars, even though such a promise seemed utterly impossible. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though he knew he was too old to be a father at the age of 100, and that Sarah, his wife, had never been able to have children, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was absolutely convinced that God was able to do anything he promised, and because of Abraham's faith, God declared him to be righteous. Now this wonderful truth, that God declared him to be righteous, wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was for us too, a It was for us too, assuring us that God will also declare us to be righteous if we believe in God who brought Jesus our Lord back from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us, to help us learn to endure. And endurance develops the strength of character in us, and character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us, For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Psalm 14, 1-7 Only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. No one does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if there is even one with real understanding, one who seeks after God. But no, all have turned away from God. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not even one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread. They wouldn't even think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Oh, that salvation would come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel. For when the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Proverbs 19, 17. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. And to end today, I have a selection from Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, if I can find it for you. Yes, I think it is this one. And it's it's called The Notion of Divine Control. And it's from Matthew 7, 11, which says, How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Jesus is laying down rules of conduct for those who have his spirit. By the simple, simple argument of these verses, he urges us to keep our minds filled with the notion of God's control behind everything, which means that the disciple must maintain an attitude of perfect trust and an eagerness to ask and to seek. Notion your mind with the idea that God is there. If once the mind is notioned along that line, then when you are in difficulties, it is as easy as breathing to remember why my father knows all about it. It is not an effort. It comes naturally when perplexities press. Before, you used to go to this person and that, but now the notion of the divine control is forming so powerfully in you that you go to God about it. Jesus is laying down the rules of conduct for those who have his spirit, and it works on this principle. God is my Father. He loves me. I shall never think of anything he will forget. Why should I worry? There are times, says Jesus, when God cannot lift the darkness from you, but trust him. God will appear like an unkind friend, but he is not. He will appear like an unnatural father, but he is not. He will appear like an unjust judge, but he is not. Keep the notion of the mind of God behind all things strong and growing. Nothing happens in any particular unless God's will is behind it. Therefore, you can rest in perfect confidence in him. Prayer is not only asking, but an attitude of mind which produces the atmosphere in which asking is perfectly natural. Ask and it shall be given to you. Have a beautiful day. Love you all.